Hello everybody, my name is Eric Mercier. I am co-owner of Juice Imports, and today we're gonna walk you through the latest edition of our Natural Wine Club. Uh, today's a very special podcast because uh, we're actually recording up in Edmonton in the back of Color Divino, and we have a very special guest with us. So I'll have you introduce yourself and let us know what you do here. Hi Eric, I'm Juanita from Color Divino, co-owner. Uh, we're just a little small independent shop. We sell amazing wines, lots of juice import wines, and uh, our focus is small growers, good growers. Totally. Yeah, people who uh, people who pay attention right? and uh, mm. are excited about what they do. Uh, I was just thinking about it, like, honestly, like 20 minutes ago, that it's been probably three years since we've been doing the wine club with you guys. So yeah. that's kind of astonishing to me because it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but also it's kind of always been a thing, I feel. But uh, yeah. I don't know. Excited about that. Yeah, time flies. I think that. And people love, you know, the things are changing all the time, but you're still able to just get something. And I love how you do the podcast, and I love how you put all the information. That's where I learn about all your wines. Totally. You know, before I, I open it. Yeah, I think it's a, yeah. I, I love the podcast. I'm not sure how many people actually listen to our podcast. I really don't want to check because I feel like I'm going to be either like really disappointed or really nervous about the fact that lots of people are listening to it. Uh, so it's just like, I just let it be a thing. But honestly, I think it's such a good format for, for learning. Cause we kind of just ramble and rambling is like, that's when all the good stuff comes out. I yeah, feel. That's so. what, yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, well, the first wine we have today, this is BK's Carte Blanche. Um, basically every year, Brandon gets the opportunity to kind of blend whatever he wants together. Um, he does a bunch of single vineyard Chardonnays and then the, uh, <laughs> the Chardonnays that don't necessarily need to go into a single vineyard bottling. Um, he decides to put those aside and kind of make this blend. So it's, it's mostly Chardonnay, um, but there's also Savignon, Pinot Gris, and Gruner Veltliner in here as well. Um, bunch of different winemaking techniques here, but mostly direct pressed into neutral barrels, although some of the barrels are a little bit new. Uh, this is not a wine that you normally have in the shop, not a producer you normally have because Vine Arts has it as an exclusive, um, but we're lucky enough to, uh, you know, hound them into uh, to sharing a little bit this month, so. Um, Luckily enough, Calgary's not that far away, so yeah. we, we know where to get it from our friends at Vine Arts. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, this is definitely... BK is one of my favorite producers as a general statement. Their wines are always just very clean, um, very precise. They're those kinds of wines where smelling them, I wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, that's for sure a natural wine. Uh, it's just a wine that's super well-made and, and really lively and, and really bright. And uh, I, I happen to be a big fan of of Chardonnay and uh, their Chardonnays are this perfect combination of ripe but also fresh and I don't know good for converting people who are not into Chardonnay such complexity though right it's like oh yeah. gosh like I mean it's Chardonnay but it's creamy it's earthy it's yeah right totally I think there's definitely like a little bit of that Savignon and Gruner mm. that we showing through with some of those oh. sort of more kind of vegetal <laughs> herbal earthy aromas hmm all right, so getting away from the actual wine here. So you started this wine shop. Uh, what was sort of the, uh, I don't know, the inspiration for starting a wine shop as opposed to opening a restaurant or, you know, getting into a different part of the business? Why did you decide on, on wine shop? I had a restaurant when, uh, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> choking on the wine. It's <laughs> um, a good start. <laughs> in 1986, I had a restaurant. So back then, selections were so limited. <clears throat> There was only a handful of skis in the province. And um, after that, then I started working part-time at wine stores. You know, started to study wine like you. Went through the WSIP program. Just a hobby, really. But it gets you, you know. You just, it just gets you. you got to be, we had to be a part of it somehow. And it just worked out. I worked at a shop for a long time. And um, then my daughter all went to school. And uh, also had that same passion. We grew up with wine. We've grown up with, you know, the love of, of uh, winemaking of winemakers, of the mm -hmm. story, because I like to eat well. I like to, to eat. I like to know where my food comes from. I like to know where my wine comes from. It just got a hold of me. So we opened a shop, and we just sell what we like to drink. Totally. That's one of the things yeah. that I've always really liked about this shop is that I feel like you take home everything that's on the shelf, like, often. Yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, the, most of the profit goes to our houses. Yeah. Because, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah we, we, we love what we bring in, we love. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, so back in those, those early days, so, okay, first of all, I guess, when did the shop open? Uh, we opened in 2014. 2014. Yeah. Okay. And what were sort of the wines that you were excited about back in 2014? Cause well, that's like, 
eight you know, years ago, there was yeah. a totally different selection back I, then. I think you think back to like Eric Tessier and Marcel Lapierre, mm-hmm. you know, some of the classic natural, the very the founders of that. You totally. Know, I think that's what we were most excited to sell. Like, and there, you're right. There was very, I mean, natural wine. That I don't think that was a word in the market. Orange wine, skin contact, yeah, those wines. They weren't. No. no. Well, they probably existed, but yeah, they weren't really a thing. Totally. And people were just starting to pay attention to what they're drinking, and I. I think people are still evolving, but I think until you sit down and put wines like this against some of the wines that only that were only available, totally. Yeah, I don't. I don't think too many people would choose or go back to what used to be on the shelves. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, I I can't remember who it was, but somebody showed me like a photo of uh, of like original sort of like Metro Vino shelves. Uh, and even back then, like when they were starting, cause they've been around for, they, they were sort of like right after, um, private wine shops could, could start opening. And even then, like they were really excited about, uh, like goats do roan. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, you know, it's like mass produced South African wine, but they were like, wow, we can get South African wine. And like, yeah. that was a big deal. Even though it was like mass produced, they're like, this is our first time getting a chance to to work with South African wines and like how big of a deal that was. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, it's been these sort of like incremental growth steps for the industry, but yeah. it's, yeah, well, uh, it's changed dramatically. Like you mm-hmm. think of weddings when, you know, they used to have the same four wines, like for sure. I'm sure we all know them, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There wasn't, it just wasn't any wine. There just were not any, uh, there wasn't any diversity. There wasn't any selection. There wasn't any, but now we're lucky that importers are bringing what they love. I mean, there's still mm-hmm. bulk wines in the market, but Absolutely. people are starting to see the difference. Right? Yeah. Um, one of the things that we've sort of talked a lot about recently is this idea that uh, as a wine shop, you now kind of no longer have an excuse for like cop-out selections where you're just like, ah, I just I just need an Argentinian Malbec. And so you just buy whichever one because there's a good version of everything on the market now. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you do your research, you can find, you know, a well-farmed, well-made version of literally anything on the market for an, a pretty good price, I yeah. would say. And so that's one of the things that I think that's that's really cool about this shop is I come in and see wines that I've never seen before and somebody who researches wine maybe too much in my spare time, it's always cool to be introduced to things that I've, I've never come across before. And I, tr- so. I try to get people to understand that, that, you know, people say, well, I, I travel and I, I see this wine and it'll be a commercial product. I said, have you ever looked at the vineyard? Like, if you grow carrots this year... Are you going to throw Roundup on your carrot patch after you're done with it and like let yeah. everything turn to whatever color that is and let the earth die? And then yeah. are you going to put some more seeds in and put those on the table for the family? And, uh, you know, yeah. it does exist in the wine world. So I try to get people to understand mm-hmm. there's, there's small producers. That's why we, don't, we can't know all the wines available. We can't taste everything anymore. Yeah. Because if you're actually a farmer, you're really limited in what you grow if you're not using chemical herbicides and pesticides. And right. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big thing for me. Yeah. You too, probably. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting talking with producers who their reason for converting to, to natural wine or, or at least farming in this particular way was less so about pursuing a certain flavor or like philosophy. It was more about, hey, like I don't feel great. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. I keep spraying all this stuff that's that's literally poisonous. Uh, you know, maybe this is hurting me. Uh, you know, I'm having issues with, with such and such, you know, you, you came with us to Austria and, and talking with Franz Strohmeyer about his, his pancreas issues. And he's like, yeah, like, that's why I farm this way. This is why I eat the way that I do. You know, he's vegetarian. They grow all their own vegetables that they eat. They rely on very little from, from elsewhere. And he's like, I just, you know, I was sick and I feel better when I farm this way, when I work the land this way, when I eat this way, when, you know, and it's so... It's, it's interesting to see, see that philosophy and then you come to, you know, like a, a big city where we're not growing grapes and we don't have this connection to the land and seeing the reasons why people are getting into wine are a little bit different than the reasons the producers are getting into the wine. And so I feel like it's wine shops that kind of cross that yeah, boundary. You know, I, I hear more and more people saying that as get headaches, they, you know, they can't drink red wine anymore. They can't drink wine anymore because they get yeah. sick, they get headaches, they can't yeah. sleep. I mean, we know it's all relative. I mean... It's it's what's in the wine. Like how many additives they can add into wine. I've watched winemakers do it in front of me. Oh yeah, I've, I've done them. it. At you, oh, you've done yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they'll tell you, oh, let's just mix some of this in and this yeah. chemical and throw some of this. You know, 
Totally. You know? Yeah. You only have to watch that once or twice to be like, yeah, I'm never drinking that again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And it's like, I don't know. And it's obviously a huge spectrum. There are mm-hmm. producers who had tiny little bits of things because they're just, you know, pulling very lightly on the strings. And then there's other producers who are like, well, did you even need the grapes? Like, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. probably didn't even need like, to make the wine. They're you factories. Just... They're like Fort Saskatchewan. I, I've seen Absolutely. them, right? You've seen, I've walked down the, the, the catwalks across from tank yeah. to tank totally. in the sun. Yeah. They're not, it's not grapes. Yeah. So I, don't know. No. I think more people just need to understand it's food. If you're going to have a glass of wine, have a great glass of wine. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, like you'll feel good after. Just like food. Same. Totally. All right. So digressing to the wine a little bit here. It is uh, changing like crazy. Yeah, definitely. I feel like this is one that we're going to have to revisit a couple times to, to sort of get like the true complexity. Oof. Yeah. Like the tropical fruit now coming mm-hmm. out of there and ripe. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And there's that really nice like herbal mm-hmm. kind of under layer. Um, so for a wine like this, something that is textural, a little bit savory, um, what sort of consumer are you selling this to? Like, what's the situation in which you would recommend this wine to somebody? I think if you liked, if you're looking for something you want to sip on you, or you want to pair it with food. And I'm thinking a lot of summer foods would work with this and, not, mm-hmm. and a lot of grilled, a lot of grilled foods. I, you know, I think if you're a Chardonnay lover, for sure you're going to like this. If you're a Chenin Blanc lover, you're going to love this. Mm. You want something with some weight, some interest you're not just looking for something you know um just a deck wine you can do anything with this and it's changing the glass i love the weight mm-hmm. it'd be really fun to pair with so many different dishes totally and this is that cool combination of only being 12.8 percent alcohol but having a lot of viscosity a lot mm-hmm. of texture mm-hmm. a lot of presence um and that's something that I really like in wine is, is that ability to kind of be like a little bit of a chameleon sometimes. When every sip you stop and think about it, you know, mm-hmm. it's this kind of wine. It's not the ones you're just, you're visiting, you don't, you know, you enjoy them. Yeah. But there's no way you're going to have a conversation and not stop and say like, what the hell is this? Yeah. What, what's right? going on this here? This is amazing. Exactly. Right? Like it, they're still cerebral, these wines. Yeah. Yeah. You still you really stop wanna, and pause, right? Totally. Yeah. If you really want to mess up some of your wine friends, uh, you know, op- open a bottle of this and pour it pour it for them as a blind and then at the end of the night like pour it for them as a blind again <laughs> you'll oh, yeah. probably Brilliant. mess them up yeah, they're still they'll probably be like, get it wrong yeah, twice 100 uh yeah. yeah which would be super funny yeah, you're but right. like it's just it changes so much and yeah. every time you go to the glass you kind of get a different thing out of it 100 um yeah that's gorgeous so this wine is coming from the adelaide hills in australia um are you finding that consumers are still shopping really based on region um and grape variety or are people just more looking for for certain styles because i feel like even when i worked at vine arts like eight years ago like people didn't care if you said that it was similar to something else they wanted that thing they're yeah. like no no like I, I asked for cabernet sauvignon i would like a cabernet sauvignon and i would like it to be from this place versus i feel at least with the consumers that i deal with which is again a super biased and super like eclectic crew of people uh so there may be not a, a good representation of actual shoppers but um for something like this where you're like yeah this is chardonnay savignon pinot gris grunewald leaner from a place that doesn't really produce a ton of you know crisp fresh white wines um how are you finding that people are shopping these days i think people are more interested in trying things that aren't everywhere and and i think because the way we shell we shelve by color we try mm. to take that out of the equation. Totally. So we, you, our wines are shelled by similarity. So this you'd find this between Chenin Blanc and Chardonnay. So we try to get people to say, oh, you know, if I like Chenin, you're, maybe you'll reach over and try this. Yeah. But, you know, the people that are going to take this are if you like Girard, if you like mm. Savoy, if you like, you know. For sure. Chardonnay from, just, right? I think it's gorgeous. I don't think that you would ever guess. Not that it's a bad thing, but, yeah. you know, Australia wouldn't be my first guess because it's not that ripe. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So. Yeah, I think that would have a huge market in anywhere in that field when you want some weight and some texture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially with this packaging. Uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like such a gorgeous bottle of wine and just so minimalist in the packaging. And I feel like people are going to really, uh, really dig that. Uh, cool. I'm going to pour a splash of the next one. You're more than welcome to take your time with that as well. But I, I know you're a pro. And yeah, can, uh, that, was, that was easy. I do have a dog in my lap if anyone could see us right now. Yeah, exactly. So this I is... have to do this in my left hand. It's really hard to swirl. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute pro. Yeah. Um, cool. So next up, we got Candeli Blanco. Uh, this is a wine that last time we featured in the club was like two years ago, a little bit longer than that, two and a half years ago, something. Uh, 
the wine has changed really drastically since the end. Uh, back then, it used to almost be exclusively Sauvignon Blanc versus this year. Uh, it's like primarily Riesling with a little bit of Sauvignon Blanc and mm. Viognier, a new grape variety to the to the blend. Um, they've gone away from as much skin contact as they have previously. So before, I would have strongly called it, you know, an orange wine or at least a skin contact white versus now it shows more as just a, you know, a white wine, you know, maybe a little bit on the on the skinsy side of things. Um, there used to be a lot more uh, stem inclusion in this particular wine, which made it way more uh, kind of herbal in this very oregano kind of thyme, rosemary kind of way, versus now, because they're using less stems, you're getting more of just the herbaceousness from Sauvignon Blanc, which presents a little bit differently. So it's kind of like done a 180. So I felt like including this wine again to show how winemakers can can evolve and change and, and adapt to their vineyards uh you know alex um who's making this wine he's still a young guy and he's only been working with these vineyards for you know uh, around a decade a little less than a decade i can't quite remember when they started but so he, he's learning things all the time you know we, we've talked to winemakers who've been making wine for 50 years and they'll figure something out all of a sudden so uh we felt like it was cool you know it was, it was about time that we we re-included Candeli. plus it's a winery that i worked at and we always oh, get right. requests for Candeli. yeah so i figured since i'm going off mm -hmm. to do harvest in the in the very near future here might as well include a wine that i've already done harvest on uh so um have you ever does your mouth water when you smell this one or is it just me yeah you start absolutely to salivate with your nose i would even put it in my right yeah no definitely crazy it's got that quality of like like you know when you're about to take like a um like a sour candy that's and like absolutely put it in what i was thinking 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. honestly that's totally. exactly what i didn't yeah. know how to word it in a way yeah. that wasn't you got like a palmful like, of like sour yeah i'm like drooling and i haven't even had a glass yeah. that's crazy yeah totally it's like i was gonna say sour candy yeah afterwards like you're just gonna yeah totally i was gonna say tart sour but comes off in the nose like nobody like yeah totally it's so interesting it also, like, today really reminds me, and, and again, maybe this will turn some people off of it, but it really reminds me of, like, Cantillon's uh, goose. Oh, yeah. Like... There's a ginger component and stuff yeah, in there, too, right? You're right, sure. the goose, you're right. Like, a sour... Yeah, totally. Yeah. That sour, salty... Yeah. Like, it smells like it's going to be yeah. salty, um, mm. kind of briny, oceany. Um, That's, that nose just captures you, but it's fresh. It's, like, yeah. you know, it's savory, but it's, it's crazy, you know? Yeah, and it's got this really cool reductive characteristic, too, mm -hmm. that I think, like, plays in really well with those mm -hmm. fruit characteristics. Um, that sort of reminds me of places like Sancerre, that flintiness, that mm -hmm. struck match kind of quality. Mm -hmm. Some yeah. of the nuttiness that comes from reduction as well, too. And but that came off really quick. I noticed it more at the beginning with the reduction now. Mm -hmm. And the palate is 100% different than the nose. Right? Yeah, way juicier right? on the palate. It's not as, it's not as like... You smell it and you're like, this is going to be searingly acidic. Yeah. And then on the palate, it's like, oh, it's juicy. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. It's, yeah, you, that's a, pull, that's a, I think that makes a wine really, you, you know, it's really well made. Yeah. You think that when you, the nose and the palate are so different, mind you both are evolving constantly, but mm -hmm. you would not expect the palate to be so. Yeah. Juicy. Yeah. It's also only 12% alcohol. I So uh, yeah, perfect. even though the the Chardonnay is fuller bodied, I, I wanted to pour this one second because I just think, A, the aromatic intensity is like way higher on this. Mm. Uh, and then two, I think because a little bit of that skin contact, it shows is almost mm -hmm. the same body, even though it has less alcohol. Like it kind of, it's a little more piercing. It's a little more direct um, versus, you know, the first wine is, is very kind of spherical versus this is a little more kind of arrow vibes yeah. so it's uh you definitely yeah. mouth waters it makes you want to eat something that's yeah that's gonna that juiciness is gonna go through yeah absolutely um this is a hot deck wine yeah <laughs> you need a hot day like today for it sure makes me think like shellfish is that what you think nice yeah okay. i i went an interesting direction with my pairings is i discovered these like two dishes one is um uh bola lot uh which is a uh, Vietnamese dish that takes oh. you take like betel leaves and you wrap them around um, usually like beef and then you grill them yeah so it's like grilled leaves around meat and you kind of eat them like little uh, so the savory like and then that yeah like some of that herbaceous did you quality bring and some of those I, d I didn't unfortunately we got to find the 
I, I don't know what the... And the, the beef would like the, the acidity, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I did the same thing with uh, a Korean dish that I'm not even going to try oh, yeah. and pronounce, unfortunately. But uh, it is kind of the same thing, but with uh, perilla leaves um, that are wrapped around uh, sort of this, like, seasoned pork. So, it's, it's again, it's almost like a dumpling. Um, but the leaf is actually battered and, like, deep fried. And did it work uh, with the sweetness of the pork, too? Like it... I haven't actually tested it. It's oh, all it's all theoretical. I think you need to try that. But I'm I get like, it. yeah. But I'd just be I'm, interesting because you know it. pork sometimes is a little bit because it offers that bit totally. of sweetness in the meat. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking. I was like, like this kind of wants some fat. Yeah. For me. Yeah. So yeah, I, I sure. do like uh, I, I do like the shellfish direction. I do like the seafood direction, but I wanted to get a little little weird with this. Yeah, like a seared scallop with I'm thinking something that would offer not a cream sauce, but something mm-hmm. some complexity. Totally. Better at, uh, food. I don't, I don't know I if I am or not. Yeah. Again, yeah. <laughs> Ness, you, you got somebody cooking for you all the time. I do. Now, so I'm I feel quite like lucky the, right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to culinary school, staying at the house. So yeah. Oh, that was Bruin, not me. Yeah, exactly. So That's, uh, yeah. Bruin is, is very vocal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. trying to get noticed in the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So in addition to running a wine store, um, you do a lot of sort of like writing about wine and some curation and so what's your philosophy for getting people into wine and like wine communication in general? We always have people reach out to us and be like, I love shopping at Color Divino because of the way that the staff talk about wine and make you feel really comfortable. And I, I feel like you've, that's rubbed off on your staff, obviously, but what is sort of your philosophy and what are your sort of maybe tips for anybody who wants to be uh you know, a little less pretentious and actually get people to connect with the wines. I think that's what the problem has been with the wine world for so long. That's why I went to school thinking that I could, so I could stand up against the pretentious in our world, but mm-hmm. it didn't make a difference. You are, you know, it's, yeah. it's just who you are. I mean, I love the excitement of loving a wine and trying to translate that, but you, it's always important. You can't take people too far from where they're at. Mm-hmm. So if someone comes in and says, you know, I, I love Sauvignon Blanc. I'll, absolutely, I'm going to lean this way, but I'm going to explain yeah. to them. I want them to understand what they're going to to expect in the glass, and I want them to get the excitement and the enjoyment. But you can't love a wine if you don't understand where it came from. Totally. The importer, the winery, you know, the growers, their story, their families. It's the families, people. You know, that's the stories that people love. Like when you go do harvest, like you mm-hmm. understand the people, like the people you introduced us to. Like we'll sell their wines forever because. Not only are they amazing humans, we can explain to people why the wine tastes like it does and Mm -hmm. why the wine should taste different every year. So I I love when people come in and they're like, you know, they have to understand that this is a new vintage. It's going to be different because it's really, it's a crop and it should taste different. If it doesn't, you probably shouldn't buy it anymore (laughs) because whatever they're doing, they add acid. People don't understand that. Like when I say add acid, it's not pretty. They're not taking fruit acid. No. When we say take out acidity, that's not pretty. Like they're changing the wine. Like you don't want that. You want to understand the family that made it, you know, how old their kids are this year, you know, everything, where they travel, what they eat. You you get to understand that there are people that make these wines. So I think that's what we translate is we want our staff to, to taste the wine. And know the stories. If we didn't get to the place, you can tell us and mm-hmm. help us understand, you know, the story in your in the glass. Like it's for me, that's the best part. I think it's just honesty with people. Totally. And if, yeah, you got to listen to what what they what people want, where they're mm-hmm. at too, right? Yeah. You know that. I'm always amazed sometimes. Like we'll pour some crazy orange wine that you have to yeah. someone that's only drank Cab Sauv from Napa, yeah. and I'm like, oh, you're this is gonna not be great because if you're pouring in the store and they'll love it and they'll buy like case. Yeah. You know, you can't predict where people are at. With totally. Wine. So I love when people, re- you know, try something that they've never tried before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's like a huge thing is not assuming that anybody is going to like or dislike anything. Mm-hmm. It's just being like, hey, like, just try this. Yeah. You know, just being being open with them and being like, hey, like, you know, maybe the first time you try this, you're going to hate it. Again, I always use the example that like the first time I had coffee, the first time I had sushi, the first time I had blue cheese, I hated all those experiences. And now... Those are my favorite flavors. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. yeah, the person who only had yeah. Cabernet Sauvignon their entire life. Yeah. Like it's the same thing as if you'd only had, you know, you're a kid growing up and all you eat is like fish sticks and chicken fingers and fries growing up. And maybe you think that that's the pinnacle of food and that's the only thing you like. And maybe you try something else. You don't like it. But then all of a sudden this like it's this little seed was planted mm-hmm. in your brain and you're like, oh, I kind of want to taste that again. I didn't really like it, but like 
I kind of want to experience that flavor again. And then all of a sudden you're like, ah, now I'm starting to like these flavors that are... Lean, yeah. yeah, exactly. People get mad so at you all the time. They're like, why, what have you done to me? Because they used to know. Oh, yeah. They used to come get the same bottles, same area of our store. Now they're everywhere because sometimes it's just branching out and trying things. And I think the opportunity when you pour at stores or when you pour at events, that's when people can try something. Mm-hmm. So you maybe don't have to buy a bottle. They can come and be like, you know, okay, no, I really still don't like that. Or be, wait a minute, you know, it <laughs> yeah. gives, you just, they get the opportunity to try something and, totally. and, and then know they can try a different direction, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. you're right, investing in a, a bottle of wine, like For it's sure. an investment, a good bottle. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. totally. I can't remember who it was, but somebody once said something along the lines of like, you're, uh, you're kind of placing a bet. You're like, I, I bet $25 that yeah. I'm going to like what's inside this bottle. And yeah. it's sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Like yeah. sometimes you end up with a $25 bottle and sometimes you end up with a $0 bottle that you paid $25 for if you really dislike yeah, it. 100%, uh, yeah, 100%. So it's, I always liked that kind of idea behind it. You know, I think there's always something to, to be gained from tasting every single bottle. Uh, even those commercial wines, there's there's something to be learned there. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's not always the things that I want. The anaphylactic reactions are real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for me, like I, yeah, I seriously can't drink a lot of those commercial wines. Yeah. I turn red, and I do not. It's not a normal. I don't do that when I eat. Yeah. Like um, I get I get hives. Like yeah. whatever they're putting in some of those wine. Now, my body's not like I I react to. Them. Totally. I can't sleep. Yeah. I wake up at night and just like there's no way I can sleep. Even just a couple of glasses of some commercial wines yeah. will keep me up all night. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I just again I don't have an opportunity to drink them that often. So uh, yeah. You know. But we go to somewhere sometimes we go to events and mm, you know I totally. always think oh you, you, to try it just like you said I don't want to be closed-minded I try yep. them again. Absolutely. But something in them. Not all of them but some. Yeah. And I definitely had a bottle of your wine occasionally and I can sleep. I just yeah. Sleep. Perfect. Hey, that's we, we like that. Yeah. Um, in general, what is, what is your ratio of drinking wine with food versus drinking wine just on its own? I'd say 50, 50. Yeah. Because I always cook with wine. So I'm drinking with it on its own there, I'd say. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I start making dairy, it's quite, I'll probably pour a glass. And, um, sometimes while I'm drinking that glass, I'll think, "Mm, that's not going to be so great with what I got going. So I'll (laughs) open something else. Yeah. So, but you know, that for me, that's the most fun is, is food, slow, like making your own food or Mm -hmm. buying, you know, getting great food from uh, people uh, that we know use quality ingredients and finding something that pairs with it Mm -hmm. and then having a glass in the evening. So, yeah. Totally. No, I like that philosophy. I'm probably in the same boat. It's, you know, I, I always hated wine and food pairings. And it wasn't until much later in my wine career that I, I sort of started liking them because I started having better versions of wine pairings. Like, I think a lot of the classic pairings are functional, but maybe less interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then now it's been within the last sort of, you know, five years or so that I'm like, ah, okay, really good wine and food pairing is, is really it's magical else. yeah but absolutely. i mean if the wine i'm drinking before dinner i know it's not going to work i'll have dinner and then go back and have a glass of wine after. absolutely i'm not yeah. going to destroy it then but i think yeah. it's funny um how many people you know again we have to think of it as a food source and talk about healthy you know drinking because it, it, that's a thing like mm-hmm. people always think i can drink a lot i can't yeah. i drink really great wine yeah but i can't drink a lot you've seen i i'm not capable yeah. of that much so. <laughs> And yeah. I, like I uh, go for my, I'm a regular doctor visitor and yeah. they're always amazed. Like, cause they ask how much do you drink a week? I never lie. And they're always like, wow, like I'm in great health. Yeah. So, totally. you know, I think that there's, it's, it can be a good thing. You yeah. Know? So I think it's always nice to mention that because there's a lot of conversation about, you know, when you drink poorly, if you're not mm-hmm. drinking good wines or eating well, it yeah. affects your health. I yeah. Think. So I'm the, I'm a good example of yeah, balance. the right balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> We, uh, my, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but our number one post of the year was where I posted about me owning a spittoon for at home. Oh, right. Wasn't that your number one post? That was our number one post of the year. And it was just like, I, I was shocked, but it was just, you know, me being honest about the fact that like, I I can only drink so much. Yeah. And especially when it's, it's different. Yeah. It's different. If I open a bottle of wine at home, Mm -hmm. I'm going to drink that wine. Yeah. But often I'll come home with, you know, six bottles of samples that are, yeah. that are half full. And like, do I need to, to drink all that? Like, absolutely not. Do mm-hmm. I want to taste it? Uh, you know, especially for like an experiential, you know, sort of perspective. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to like probably taste most of what's left in those bottles, but I'm going to spit. 
Like, yeah. I just, you know, I I also cannot handle that yeah. degree of alcohol. And I forget that that's not a normal thing, spitting wine. Sometimes totally. when we go to events, we're yeah. always like, oh, these, they're like, you're going to spit? I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't everyone? Totally. Yeah, like, and, like, people are nervous about wine. it. Yeah. And I'm like, it's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. It's not, nobody's going to be offended. Like, every time you know. when we studied for school, right, you could be tasting Absolutely. 30, 40 wines in the morning before yeah. 9 o'clock. Yeah, exactly. I think my neighbors thought I was crazy. But yeah, right? oh, yeah, me too. Like, yeah, when I tell people. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. For, for the diploma every single day, I had like, uh, like the number gets bigger each time, but like something like four or five cases of wine yeah, on my floor on your front, yeah. and you just had a Corvin and, uh, the girl that I've seen at the time, she would before breakfast every single day, Corvin six wines for me and, and blind, blind taste, taste six wines yep. at, you know, eight thirty in the morning. We had to, or you then, wouldn't have made yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I know, but so. I put all my bottles out and you could even see my neighbors going by, you know, going for their morning run. Yeah. Here I am on my deck, <laughs> bottles everywhere. It's eight thirty. Oh my goodness. She's by herself. It's yeah. like, oh, why even explain this? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So spitting and it's interesting because, uh, when we taste, I don't taste a lot competitively, but you probably have, but they, um, the, at the end, they did one we tasted for, uh, I can't remember what we were judging. They they had breathalyzers at the end, and we, hundreds oh. of bottles, like hundreds. Wow. Like, yeah. The one in Calgary. Yeah. And uh, and nobody blew over. Oh, really? No one. And hundreds. Interesting. Of, hundreds. Of, yeah, I know. Yeah. I always wonder that, too. Is there residual? Because there's all these conversations totally. about. Yeah, you absorb a small yeah, amount so you, through your mouth, for so you, sure. So you can like, taste, and, yeah. and no, there, no one blew over. Yeah. And that was at the end of the, and that was spirits included as well. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, it's nice to know that there is, uh, right? you know, There's it proof. is efficient. Yeah. Yeah, There's absolutely. Proof. Yeah. It's interesting, too, seeing that, you know, like a lot of people, uh, the guys like Rajat Park, who very much believe in swallowing an amount of every wine yeah. um, because they believe in, you know, a certain amount of, you know, not being able to get the full retronasal experience unless True. you're swallowing a little bit. And there's, like, there's, there's like, a... Yeah. We, we get a sense of the heat, I think, from the alcohol. Mm-hmm. I get that from swallowing that maybe we yeah. just miss on speeding. Totally. So, yeah, he, he's a big advocate for, like, mm-hmm. yeah, have, like, a sip where you swallow it and then, like, spit. Yeah. Like, which I think is an interesting kind of alternative and, and something that I think, especially from, like, a home consumption perspective, is maybe a little more enjoyable. Uh, yes. So it's, yeah. you know, you kind of alternate between the two. Oh, you're right. You get yeah. that. Yeah, that's for me, like... You know, you do definitely can add to the characteristics of the wine with this wall. And he's totally. obviously the best in the world. So yeah. <laughs> we must and think it's true. <laughs> there's been a lot of research lately, too, that's like looking for taste buds in other parts of our body as well, too. Um, that because like taste buds are detecting a lot of different things. It's like mm-hmm. detecting amino acids and it's detecting <laughs> all these. Okay, sort of, that's brewing. That's brewing. yeah, that's, that's brewing. He's yeah. <laughs> just making some sounds. Uh, now we've had a baby on the show okay. and we've had a, you know, and, and we've had a, had a hacking yeah. brewing. Um, but yeah, they're discovering all these other sort of like sensory parts, like in the entirety of our digestive tract, we actually have sensors that can, di- uh, that can detect certain things. So like, after you've eaten a hamburger, you're actually still getting like certain sensations sent to your brain of like, here's a level of enjoyment of that thing. Uh, and so it's interesting, like, again, obviously wine has a lot of funding because of the price at which certain bottles can be sold for. Um, but it'll be cool once people start doing more research into, yeah, what are we detecting? Like once the wine's in our stomach or what are we detecting once it's in our throat? Um, that that's like a part of the science that we are not even close to understanding yet, but it's going to be very interesting once we do have a little bit more of an understanding of that. That makes sense. That's all part of, you know, there has to be, there's more than just a few senses when we're eating. Digestion is huge. I have to think of how it affects our whole body. Yeah. Like if you feel good, like that's, like that rash I was talking about. I don't know what creates that. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, that can taste delicious, but like somehow that rash is a negative effect. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't as, I can't remember the wine I drank, but you know, it was a very commercial wine, but yeah, not overly. Yeah. And I thought, oh, it's probably, it's probably all right. I have a couple of glasses and yeah. it didn't taste. It was fine. Yeah, you totally. Know? But boy, ugh. Yeah. At night <laughs> I was like, never again. Yeah. <laughs> never. If I don't know where that wine came from. Yeah. I just can't drink them. Fair. Avoid at all costs. Mm. Whatever that wine was, nobody buy that. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't buy them. Yeah. Avoid it. Um, all right. So our last wine from this club. So this is also a throwback. Um, we wanted to kind of do like, uh, you know, a, how do wines in the wine club evolve year after year kind of, you know, experience this month. Um, cause we get very limited amounts of a lot of these wines, you know, Candeli, we get one shipment a year, um, of the Sichele wines from Cantina Marlena, we get one shipment a year and vintage variation is just like so massive. And so for us, it was again, a cool experience to be like, okay, 
we included this wine two years ago. Uh, how is, because how, some people have been in the wine club for, for all the years now. Uh, some people are new to it, but it's like, how has this wine changed? Uh, how people's perceptions of this wine changed? Uh, and so it's, it's cool to kind of end up at that point. Uh, so this uh, is a little bit of Nero Davila. Um, Nero Davila, a great variety that's indigenous to Sicily, uh, the southern part of Italy. The southern part of Italy is way different than the northern part of Italy. If you look at places like Piemonte, um, you have this sort of Germanic crossover um, where you're getting very close to, again, Germany. You're very close to Switzerland. You're very close yeah. to the mountains. And that's a very different people, a lot more alpine herbs um the cooking is way different in the sense that they use a lot of butter uh as opposed to using olive oil versus the further south you go you get this huge change in the way that people cook the way that people live it's got this way more kind of mediterranean influence and not only that but sicily because of its uh proximity to the trade routes has a lot of outside influence whether that be from uh you know the the near and middle east whether that be from northern africa because you know Sicily is actually closer to Northern Africa than it is to Northern Italy. And so you have a lot of influence from all these places, both in uh, climate, but then also in food culture, um, you know, different spices being used, a lot more use of citrus and nuts in their actual savory dishes. So that's a lot more similar to what you'd see in like Morocco, for instance. Um, and so, you know, for me, Sicilian wines have a totally different vibe than, than other wines from Italy. Um, we're lucky enough today, we're, we're going to be pouring in the shop today and, uh, our, our friend is coming down and pouring a little wine from, uh, Petra Dolce. Uh, so we're super excited about yeah, that. So we'll get to say coming. some, uh, some mm -hmm. Sicilian white wine as well too. Uh, so if you get a chance and you happen to be in Color Divino, definitely grab a bottle of that because, uh, those are wines that I really enjoy as well. Um, and so, yeah, the, the whole reason behind this particular wine is that Marlena wanted to capture the sunshine. Uh, she's obsessed with the sunshine in Sicily. Um, she says that it feels different than anywhere else in the world. It's got this warmth to it. Uh, there's this sort of baked earth quality to it. And uh, for me, I, again, I get really excited about this wine. And it's made in this really historic style um, that is you know, all fermented in concrete the way that the Romans would have 2,000 years ago. Elevage all in concrete, so the actual aging of the wine in concrete, which is a little bit more oxidative. Um, but because they're large concrete vessels, you get this really sort of slow, gentle aging. Um, she's not afraid of tannins. I think a lot of natural wine producers have gone really this glue-glue style of like young, early, fresh drinking wines with very little sort of bite, very little texture. Um, and so to see her go way more old school and, and do a little bit more, you know, a little more grip to it, it, it's something that's really exciting to me, especially when you think of the the history of Italian wine with Italian food specifically. But um, have you tried this wine before? Yeah, it's on yeah. the shelf. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a wine that, like we were talking about, when a customer comes in and wants something different, we'll eat the bold red drinkers that were thinking of a cab or a cab blend here. And they they love this wine, mm -hmm. right? Because it offers all that. Totally. Yeah. Even on the nose, like, is there black currently? leaf or is it just me? Like, you almost think like it has totally. that same... Yeah, no, definitely. Like a spicy, you know. Today, it's it's like, and I've never thought this of this wine before, but today it really actually reminds me of like um, Right Bank Bordeaux. It's got That's that like exactly. Merlot-y kind mm -hmm. of cocoa That's powder. Um, yeah, like yeah. leather and cocoa powder, but also like more red Even fruit on the than palate, I normally get. There. Yeah. yeah. Like that's a juicy textural wine that can handle some tannin, like some food. Yeah, absolutely. Some, you know, but yeah. this with a ribeye, come on, that's gonna be good. Totally. Or maybe a tenderloin. No ribeye. Ribeye or both? I don't know. We should. Try. Yeah, both. Maybe maybe a little that's, bit of each. I'm the meat eater. I'll try. I'm also a meat eater. Are you? Why do you keep thinking I, that I'm vegetarian? Uh, I feel like every time I see you, you oh. think I'm vegetarian. Are you not? No. Ever? Smart. No. Good job. Well, I was vegetarian like way back in the day, but I don't. Did I know? My you body know? doesn't do it very okay. well. I have a vegetarian. That's my chef now. So yeah. At home. So you're eating more vegetarian. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, for, for this pairing, normally I kind of come up with my own pairings, but this time I just chose a bunch of things that I, I really like from, from restaurants uh, around here. Um, so I chose a, a little pasta dish from uh, Barbarico as, as one of them. Um, Which one? Uh, the Tonarelli. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just with the there, tomato so sugo. Could, yeah. Yeah. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, totally. And then uh, they have was, it on the list. 
Pardon? Do they have this on the list? They do not have we this on the really list. We should really talk to them. Yeah, we should talk to them. Yeah. We should make that happen. Yeah. And then uh, I, I was looking through uh, Leopard's uh, menu because I'm, I'm probably going to end <laughs> up there tonight. And uh, they have a Calabrian yeah. pizza with uh, Induja yeah. caramelized onions and oyster mushrooms. Bro, so. how do you stop that? <laughs> What's going on there? Yeah. He's, He's some... choking himself. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. Just too excited. They have the best pizza. Oh, my I'm gosh. so excited. Yeah. I think it's going to be awesome. So you can so. have the mortadella pistachio pizza. Maybe. I think I would lean toward the BK on that. Yeah. Yeah, right? Totally. Are you taking the wines yeah. with you? Oh, well, you should probably. Uh, I feel like the wines might stay here with you guys. Yeah, there know. might not be any left. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to drink them over the course of today. It's unfortunate that this podcast is not going to be released for like several weeks. Yeah. Because, uh, or I guess it'll just be a couple days from now, realistically. But either way, uh, there will not be none open for you to try. Because if they were here in the next yeah. hour. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can use your telepathy and. Yeah. You but know. people know these. I, I, I maybe the BK we don't get, but the others for sure. Mm-hmm. Did you see the staff as soon as he came in? Andrew's like, you know, it's back. Kendelli's yeah. <laughs> back. Kendelli's back. Yeah, they get yeah. excited. Yeah. Oh yeah, I get excited every year too. Yeah. Honestly, it's like a little kind of kind of homecoming when uh, when Kendelli lands because they were one of our first producers too. We've been working with them for five years. What? How yeah. long have you been? You guys, Juice has been. How six old are years. You guys? you guys are six years old. Yeah, yeah. Wow, we turned six that? in I still can't like a week. Six years. That's crazy. Like a week or two. Yeah, I know, right? Mm. How ridiculous is that? Yeah. It honestly doesn't feel real. No. Yeah. It's. Uh, I don't know. Still, still cruising along somehow. Yeah. At least you still have pretty much all the same producers that you had when. You... Yeah, there's very few mm-hmm. producers that we no longer work with, and it's like there's only one producer that. Uh, I guess two producers that we no longer work with because Strong the quality liner. didn't no, stick up. No, no, it was that was not. Quite, yeah. yeah, that was not no, because of quality. Yeah, no. But yeah, Love there's like those. there's like three or four producers that we don't work yeah. with because they're just like really hard sells, yeah. and often we end up working with them again because that's what I was going to say. Nesterac. I wonder if he did. Yes, for yeah, Nesterak. We had yeah. no no luck selling them for the first like yeah. three years, and now and we took can't a year off. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we just I got think a new Stromar might coming. be that same. I think you know, Stromar is the same thing. Th- yeah. We went, we went in Saffron's while we were in France. He Did was you? there. And uh, we had such a nice conversation with him, and the wines were tasting the best they've ever tasted, in my opinion. I thought their wines um, are amazing, and I think those, yeah. they, I got, they are wonderful people. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, again, like, I, I love those wines, but I, I definitely notice a variability. Maybe you should talk to your, um, yeah. talk to Mark. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. The problem is they're very expensive. Like, yeah, but I think... That is a wine that I would have for special occasions. Yeah, every no, time. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And there's a lot of special occasions: Tuesdays, yeah, birthdays, <laughs> totally, Thursdays, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, I love those wines. All right, so for somebody who is like classically trained yeah, in wine, um, but tends to speak about wine in. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I don't hear you like give like WSET like tasting notes no. that often. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your people, right? It totally. People. But mm-hmm. what is your philosophy to like tasting? How do you go about assessing a wine? I assess wine the same way we learned in school. Don't okay, you still, you. Go, you still I still go do it in my head. In your head. Yeah. yeah, I start in the beginning and do the medium minus and everything that goes mm-hmm. through because that helps me understand the quality of the wine. Mm-hmm. But I want to translate that in, yeah. into a way that people understand, you know. Totally. And it creates the excitement. Like, you know, like as soon as you drink this wine, right, the hair goes up in the back of your neck. You're like, yeah. oh, my gosh, that's good. Totally. Right? Makes you happy. Smile. Yeah. You know, 100%. your eyes get big. <laughs> I think that's what people understand. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So I, I think it, you just have to transfer what we learn. For sure. Once we know what we're tasting, we can translate that into something that makes sense to everyone. Because mm-hmm. how boring it can imagine if we did W set tasting notes for everything. I know. Yeah, right? It's, yeah. That's yeah, dull. I have a lot of people ask me, like, oh, is it, is it worth doing the w, WSCC? And I was like, honestly, yes. Like, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm not like a huge fan of, of, I'm a fan of academia from the perspective that I like academia, like, mm-hmm. not from that's the bar by which everybody should be judged necessarily. Right. But I like but learning. So for me, I'll... Totally. Yeah. And I think it is a really good system. They've come up with a great yeah. system for assessing for quality. Mm-hmm. Um, have I had to tweak it for our own portfolio? Absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, the, I, I did the same thing that you did. As, as I was like, okay, you know, at the time that we started Juice, I was like 24, 25. And I was importing wines from regions that nobody had ever heard of before, made from grape varieties that nobody had ever heard of before in styles that nobody really knew. And I was like, you know what? Having my diploma is like a really good idea because it'll give me some clout being like, yeah, I know what wine is yeah. supposed to taste like, yeah. but I still think that these wines are, are really good. Exactly. Turns out it hasn't really helped me in any way, shape or form. I don't think other than the fact that 
I feel confident in my I was own tasting. Say confidence, personal confidence. Yeah. To know we know, yeah. So we know, I mean, we know yeah. a faulted wine. We're not going to, a corked wine will never get biased. I still like it, Exactly. Right? We, we yeah. know, we know faults, but some faults are, contribute to the quality of a wine. Totally. And sometimes fault isn't the right word. Mm-hmm. A little, little oxidation. I mean, sherry, this, no one's ever going to argue that's a bad thing. Yeah, right? exactly. So, yeah. Or Madeira. Or, or Madeira. Oh know? my gosh, a good Madeira. Come yeah. on. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, you're right. All right. So from the wines that are on your shelf currently, is there anything that you're super excited about? And it absolutely does not need to be from us. It can be literally anything on the shelf. No, is Sicily. Like, Sicily. Sicily is I've exciting. I've been drinking yeah. a lot of Sicily. Nice. Sicily of mine has been... Yeah. Caracante. I'm a big fan right totally. now. Totally. Any particular producers that you're excited about? I like Pietro Dolce and yeah. some... I can't think of any other producer. I think you guys got some some uh, Vino Diana. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those yes. are cool. Oh my gosh. Super fun. Yeah. And yeah. Bordeaux Blanc, like white Bordeaux. I've been Ooh. really enjoying it. You know, I, I think some throwbacks Sometimes to spendy, things. but I, I, right? like, I like those wines yes. a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you know, just be, more of a, an occasion, temperature, time, and place. So <laughs> I do love yeah. everything. Like you said, I I, I'm there's a Malbec out there for me. There's and you, right? Yeah. Absolutely. You, you just need to. Uh, there's, I, I'm. There's not a region or a grape or a place. I don't think that I wouldn't get excited about something. Totally. But yeah, I love. I like acidity, and I like that twelve and under is uh, alcohol for me. Yeah, is, for is a sure. Big thing lower alcohol. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I like more acidity than most people, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, and champagne is always a place for champagne. Yeah, exactly. Right? It goes and, without yeah, saying. And, and honestly, Alberta has the most ridiculous access to champagne I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, in terms of a lot. Yeah, we, we can, can get, get we can get yeah, Everything. like the amount of grower champagne that we get in this market is just wild considering how little demand there is for it. Like uh, you would see that more than I. Yeah, I, I like my thought process is like, yeah, like people in New York are drinking a lot of champagne on like right. a Tuesday. They go out for dinner and they're like, oh, I'm having steak, whatever, I want to drink champagne. And right. they'll drink a bottle of champagne. Versus, I think, like, in Alberta as a general statement, like, I don't think people are, like, going out and drinking champagne at a restaurant with their meal necessarily. Yeah. They're not collecting bottles of champagne. They're not like, oh, I'm having wine tonight, and champagne is included in their, like, options. Versus other places in the world, like, absolutely. Like, that's that's yeah, a thing that you would do. Yeah, is what everywhere in Europe, right? You yeah, exactly, yeah. Every, yeah. My head does there. spin when people say they don't like champagne. I'm like, well, no, no. Yeah. You, no, you probably do. We just got to find It's like any other wine in totally. the world, right? We, yeah. Like, how could, I love champagne. Yeah. So, somehow, despite the fact that, like, I don't feel like anybody here is drinking champagne, we still get all of oh, them. Oh, you're right. Yeah, so, it's, it's cool because, right. like, I can buy them. Yeah. Which is, you, I can't other places. Like, they're yeah. sold out all the time. So, it's... You know, I get to drink more really good champagne in Alberta than... Oh, than maybe we should be quiet about this. Maybe don't... Yeah, exactly. Maybe don't mention Just, that. I'll, I'll edit this out. Yeah, edit that out. Yeah, <laughs> yes. for sure. Nobody needs to know. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what are you excited about drinking? What am I excited about drinking? Mm. I'm always excited about Jura. Yes. Um, mm. Anytime I can get my hands on a, on a bottle of something from the Jura, yeah. I, I get really, really excited. Uh, again, it doesn't happen that often, especially in Alberta. It's, it's you know, we don't see them that often. No. Um... But I saw that uh, it was maybe a couple months ago, but Chateau Darlay came back into stock. Oh, excellent. Uh, which was really exciting. Mm-hmm. I love those wines, and mm-hmm. I, I love that portfolio, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Me, too. Are they crew selections or something like that at a PC? I don't know. That, that portfolio There's is one of those sneaky of ones. you got to remember, like, when I started, there was like a handful, and you were yeah. one of the, you know, yeah. you work with. Now there's hundreds of people. It's Yeah, it's wild. It's, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, really excited about that lately. Um Sherry? Honestly, yeah, sherry, oh, always on, sherry. Right? Yeah, can never... And, like, sherry-style wines. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more people experimenting with, you know, Souvois wines. We, mm-hmm. we have one from New Zealand right now. Right. Like, um, is Jacques here? The grape? Oh. Pardon? What's the grape? Do you have a Souvois? White? No, no, uh, oh, I have a New Zealand said. producer that's... Oh, uh, I thought you said that's, Savoie. That's why I said yeah. Jacques. Oh, no, I wish I had a Savoie producer. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Not that grape. Um, yeah, there's, there's some cool stuff happening in Savoie right now. Mm-hmm really need to get behind you need to so. go on a trip i know after no. germany yeah so i was, I was gonna ask so you're uh you've done a lot of tra- well a lot of not a lot of traveling but some traveling over the last year you went to alsace correct yes uh what were some highlights of alsace the, i feel like of all the regions in france that's one of the highest concentrations of biodynamic farmers and i and i feel like you got to visit with a couple of uh, <gasps> you know the best of them did so. sorry my dog is losing his mind right now so. just too excited I, I think i was um 
What's really interesting, I think Alsace, Germany, for me to understand, I really had to, until you, until you go there and physically see the division mm-hmm. of the two uh, regions, wine regions and the countries, because the varietals are so similar. But you're yeah. right, in Alsace, the level of organic farming is so superior, so much more yeah. popular or common than it is. Mm-hmm. And I think I was so fascinated with how small the plots are. Like when you walk yeah. through there, I watch your videos. Yeah. Like when you're walking, you're like, oh, I'm at. I yeah. mean, to understand how tiny, when they're farming, they're farming and not, and slopes that you can't even walk down. Yeah. <laughs> like, remember when you were filming? Like, you can't. You'd fall down. I know it was yeah. a farmer. One of the producers we have, oh, Sybil Kuntz. Yeah. Uh, her and her husband were, were farming and his tractor took off. They they tether their, their uh, tractors mm-hmm. to the top of the hill. Wow. But it let loose. Like, he rolled. He could have died. Holy. Just that steep. Like, the yeah. tractor, there's no way it wouldn't just take off. Yeah. So to understand so how tiny and how severe those fields are, yeah, I think for me it was just mind-boggling. I there's so many producers there that are worthy of, mm-hmm. you know, just people need to drink more. I, if I could change one sure. thing in the world, it'd be people drinking more riesling. Yeah, uh, I think I, I don't know if you feel the same, but yep, 100%. the varietal from anywhere in the world just to yeah. understand the grape. Right? Totally, and again, like this is the nice thing is that. You know, you're starting to see the prices in Germany creep up. They're still quite affordable. Like yes. you can drink. And the Pinot Noir now with yeah. climate change, that's a kind of bit of a perk in the last ten yeah, years absolutely. for Germany. But yeah. Pinot and some Noir of the more challenging Germany. regions like uh like in the Mosul, some of the colder areas of the Mosul are now getting full ripeness every single year and we can, Like a Mosul Riesling? Oh it's it's the end all be all. Yeah. Like it's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. We will eventually get some Riesling into this wine it. club. We've yeah. been we've been slacking on getting Riesling, but it's Honestly, every time we get some Riesling, it just sells out immediately. And so it's, I just need to do a better job of we need more putting some aside. Yeah. Uh, so, but cool. Well, uh, I have to start pouring on the floor in uh, a couple minutes here. So um, any sort of closing remarks about this, this wine club as a general statement about this, this little trio? I think my closing remarks are, I like every one of your monthly clubs, people get to try things they would never try. And they're so limited. We don't even usually end up with any on our shelves. So um, there are wines that people wait for. There are producers that we're excited about. Totally. Um, I think that your wines are changing a bit because the producers are changing a bit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm finding yeah, we're so all many, right? we're getting more mature yeah, now. We're, grow, we're, we're all growing up. I mean, there's so yeah. many wines. That I've, I'm already ahead of you probably. You're in some of your next clubs. I keep it seeing yeah. what's, what you have coming in. So totally. Your wines are great. You have a huge following. You know, we love you. We support you. And um, well, thank thanks you. for bringing in great stuff. Yeah. And well, I can't wait you, to uh, see what you find when you get to Germany. Oh, yeah. Seriously, there's so many producers on the radar. And I'm like, well, we have no money for any of that. But, but you uh, will. You we'll keep, we're going to we'll sell find, some today, yeah, right? Yeah, we'll find, <laughs> some, we'll find some space. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us. Uh, if anybody has any additional questions, you can reach us at eric, E-R-I-K, at juiceimports.com. Uh, I'll also link uh, Colored Vino's Instagram uh, and a picture of the dog. There really is a dog coughing in the background. Yeah, there will absolutely be a picture of Bruin. I have a T-shirt with Bruin on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so if you need a T-shirt with Bruin on it, you can. Uh, uh, if you show up website. soon enough, yeah. you can you can still purchase one. So uh, cool. Enjoy the rest of the month, everybody. We'll see you uh, next month.